Hello, and welcome to another episode of the West Side Fairy Tales Horror and Lit Club. I'm your host, Tyler Bell. I hope you guys are doing great. If you're new in the West Side Fairy Tales Horror and Lit Club, we try to introduce you guys to new things. I talk about shit. I do reviews. It's all over the place. If this is something that's not interesting you to you, go ahead and skip it and get right back to the fiction episodes. I won't hold it against you. But I think you should stick around. Today, we are talking to an independent author from across the pond in the United Kingdom, Paul J. Kearns. He is an author of three books, Special Operations Vampire Elimination Unit, Beasts of Immortality, Blood and Purpose, and The Hunted and Other Twisted Tales. Um, he's going to be the second person that we've spoken to on this, and I, this is a great little interview. And uh, it's a bunch of fun. So without um, further ado, Paul J. Kearns, everybody. Welcome, everybody. We are continuing the West Side Fairy Tales uh, interview series today with Paul J. Kearns, author, uh, friend of the podcast. Uh, Paul, do you, you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Uh, hello, I'm Paul J. Kearns. I'm a horror and dark fiction author. Um, I currently have uh, one novel out, which is Beasts of Immortality, uh, Blood and Purpose, and two two short, well, a book of short stories and a novella which is connected to the novel. Cool. I'm from the north of England, um, in Bolton. Um, father of two, a dental technician by trade, but uh, venturing out into being a dental te- uh, sorry, an author. So, you're a <laughs> dental tech, yeah. I do, I make uh, porcelain crowns. Oh, that's awesome! That's a that's typically a thing that is just in a horror story, but you just do it for a living, huh? Yeah, yeah. Some of the stuff you some of the things you see, yeah, I'd imagine Pretty horrific. But your books, um, they tend to be a little bit like uh, more on the military side, I think. Or am I am I imagine? Am I crazy? <laughs> no, yeah, it's um, uh, the beast of immortality and the soldiers of the SOVU. Uh, sorry, I changed the name of it. It's Special Operations Vampire Elimination Unit. Is the RA militarized group hunting militarized vampires? Hell yeah. So is that a, that kind of sounds like um, uh, uh, BPRD uh, for those of you out there that like Hellboy? Is that uh, something you're familiar with? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, like a secret um, organization. Cool. Oh uh, like yeah. Sub- by the way, everybody doesn't yeah. BPRD is the bump in the night. I can't remember yeah. how to say it actually, <laughs> but it's the uh, it's the underground organization from uh, from Hellboy. Yes. So in uh, in your book, what is your what is your uh, vampire anti vampire unit do other than the obvious? Um, the the leader of the group is called uh, Andra Hudson, and she's a five thousand year old dragon woman who was who's been turned into what she is by the original vampire. Um, the lead vampire, whose name is Rusar. So she wants. She wants revenge against him, but she wants him. To, she wants to try and stop him because he's spreading vampires, trying to take 
more and more power over the world, you know, like quietly, like covertly, um, like insidious. Hell yeah. So um, it's kind of like, uh, is it just like, a, like a more action-y type thing or, or, or horror, a little bit of mix of both? Kind of like it's, underworld? Yeah, it's, it's like there's some, there's some quite horrific, uh, gruesome fight scenes and stuff and, but there's a lot of like them traveling about trying to outsmart the vampires. Um, but the first book, this, the Beast of Immortality, is about these. What it is is two brothers. The lead vampire attacks um, attacks this a woman who's pregnant, and her two children. <clears throat> one's a vampire and one's a human, um, and it's them trying. It's the story is basically about them trying to get away from the vampires whilst the SOVEU is trying to protect them. Hell yeah. So is this all, uh, is this all set up in your neck of the woods, basically? Yeah, it starts out in, in Manchester, which isn't far from where I... It's literally... I live in Bolton, which is a small town, and Manchester's like a city, which is really close. Gotcha, it's like a and suburb. Yeah, it, well, no, um, depends who you ask around here, really, because it's like, um, there's Grand Manchester and Greater Manchester, and it, people are always um, arguing whether Bolton is part of Greater Manchester or part of Lancashire. Nice. <laughs> but it's like it just kind of moves around the country and stuff. Hell yeah. So, I, you know, I, I like, um, I've never actually been to uh, Britain, like, really yeah. in general is it is is it like a real foggy vampire type place or or is that just all kind of like made up are your vampires walking around you know just like hey middle of the uh well i guess middle of a, a muggy night um some parts yeah there's like there's some of the vampires are um you know not affiliated with the well the bigger groups of vampires so you get some vampires who are just like right rogue vampires and then you get like others who are part of the militarized units of different vampires, um, but it's uh, it's like um, it's a bit like if it compared to anything, do you know, like Blade, yeah, where yeah. there's like there's like the real world where everyone goes around like all the humans are doing what they're doing, and the vampires are like kind of working underneath that, yeah, so man. They've, they've, I, yeah, I get what you're talking about. It's that uh, it's that early 2000s vibe. Uh, yeah, I I, yeah. I, I, I miss that actually. Like now that you brought that up, it's like the Matrix, um, yeah. Blade. They all have that sort of like leather and sneaking around. Everybody's wearing sunglasses. <laughs> everyone's is, everyone's way yeah. too good looking for being in a kung fu fight. Oh uh, 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 yeah, all the flashy fighting and stuff, like really fast and really clipped and stuff. But so yeah, it's, um, oh, please go I'm, ahead. Sorry. Oh, please go ahead. Sorry, my bad. Oh, sorry, I'm I'm 42 years old. So when I was like in my early 20s, that's when like um, like Blade and The Matrix and stuff were coming out, and that's when I first started coming up with my ideas. And it's basically set around um, throughout the 90s, and then like into the 2000s, and then. Towards the end of the book, it starts coming up towards where we are now in time, like 20, 20, 2022, 2023. Oh, yeah. 
So would you, are you like a vampire dude? You know, uh, not quite literally, but like, uh, I, I, let me, uh, let me rearticulate that. Cause I, I, I think even maybe in your guys' neck of the world, that sounds like that might actually come off a little derogatory. Um, Cause I remember the, the quote unquote vampire people from when I was a kid, which was just like, you know, way too, taking it way too hard uh, with the yeah. uh, wearing fake <laughs> fangs to school and that. And if you did that folks at home, that's perfectly fine. But yeah. Uh, yeah how, how do you, how do you feel about vampires these days? Um, they had their, they had their sort of semi Renaissance with like the two thousands. We had blade and then we had, other versions of blade uh, underworld, you know, and like, and I remember a bunch of those, uh, the Van Helsing movie, those all kind of had a very similar vibe, but then twilight and it was romance vampires. And now everyone's just like nothing, none. We did zombies yeah, after that and they're gone. It's um, when I first, I'm when I was born, like when I was a kid, sorry, there was like um, lost boys and near dark. So I started out watching them. Probably way too young to be watching them at the time. Uh, but then when I was like in my teens and in my early 20s, it was all like, you say, like Blade and um, Underworld and things like that. So I was I was a bit of a... Trying to be a goth, but not quite... Being a metalhead, but not not quite getting into the gothy type stuff. Hell yeah. But I knew a lot of people were into that, but... Um, same yeah, actually. I was I was uh, I was goth adjacent when I was in high school too. It was Yeah. <laughs> so yeah I like your guys' aesthetic, but please give me just a few more feet. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's the I crumble. Uh, my mate was saying to me, my friend was saying to me years ago, like, there's this film coming out called Twilight. Um and he said it's about some books, and I hadn't I hadn't heard of it at the time. So I went to the pictures with the girl who I was going out with at the time, took her to watch it. And uh, the bit where he, he takes his shirt off and he's all sparkly, I was just, I was in that, pictures and I just went, fuck off. Yeah, that was uh, <laughs> that was the big line in the sand. I remember yeah. that. It was just uh, 2007 or something. And yeah. everyone was uh, just drawing fan art. I remember everywhere of like, their version of Blade hunting down Edward Cullen and killing him. <laughs> I, I saw so many variations of that. It was like unreal. Yeah. And it is to the point um, that that is kind of the other thing that happened in the two thousands is we did go from basic vampires. You know, you start with yeah. Dracula and then you throw in a little bit, you know, it's just, it's Dracula with a costume change. It's Dracula with a backstory change kind of deal. And maybe even Dracula's still there. But then we get into the 2000s and Underworld and stuff, and now we've got and late-stage Blade, and then The Strain, and you you got vampires with different teeth. you got vampires whose whole fucking head opens. They're, it's a virus. It's a curse. It's a curse virus, you know? Uh, what, what, what's your preferred vampire uh Soup du jour. What, how, what kind of vampire do you like? If in your stories, I like um, personally myself. I like like the more of like a monster rather than being like this um, European um, kind of um, what do you call it? What they kind of made uh, uh, Dracula into in some of the other films, where he's kind of like dead, suave, dead. Yeah, like a uh, European aristocrat. 
that's the one I'm looking. That's the one I'm looking for. He's like, yeah, like an aristocrat type. I prefer him to be more like um, they can fit into society, but when they're a vampire, they're more animalistic, more violent. Um, yeah, yeah, more like a like a Witcher vampire. You know, yeah, looks yeah. human, but then once it's it's go time, bat monster rolling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I prefer, yeah. Because it's like, they've, it's like a, they're like a wolf in sheep's clothing type thing, so they fit in. But then um, they just like can fit into society. But when they, if you see them as they actually are, they're more, still look human, but they're more monster. Like, they're not, you weren't mistaken for a human in the way they act. So is this just like an act? They look human, or like what, what's the in your universe? What are what are our what are our go to signs? I get dropped off in uh, in North England. All right, I'm I'm in the outskirts of Manchester. What am I on yeah. the lookout to make sure I don't get nipped? Um, these the bakerly vampires, and this is in the first chapter, so it's not really spoiler. He's uh, eight and eight foot four, and he's covered in scales. Looks like a, like a, like a giant bat reptile type thing. He's got big wings and he can fly. And but he's a it's an average guy actual, from Manchester. Yeah, it's an average guy from Manchester. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if you would see him, they would look like um, some of them look like normal people, or they look like, or they look like maybe like trying to be businessmen with suits on and stuff like that. So they. You wouldn't suspect them. They're just like a normal guy walking. Like a man or, or a woman or a person. Just They just fit into society. But if you like, they maybe got like slightly lighter skin than, um, I don't know. They, they don't really, you can't really tell that they're not humans until they start attacking. Super sneaky then. Yeah, super sneaky. Yeah, that's a, it's like one of those. You, now that I'm talking about it, there is like a, it's like there's like a little sliding scale from like low to high, and it's yeah. uh you know in multiple vampire attributes, teeth, two sharp yeah. teeth, all sharp teeth, completely mutated mouth. Where where do you fall on that, Sked? Like where do you fall on that? I like the like all sharp teeth because it's uh they're supposed to be like. You know, like the two fangs. Yeah. But when you see the two fangs, if you punch in them two into like a the artery in the neck, it wouldn't do much, you know. Mm-hmm. It would let a little bit of blood out, but not as much as you know, well, if it's an artery, I suppose it would square it out, but <laughs> but it's uh I do prefer it looks like they look like the all teeth. Not ridiculous, but like enough to be enough to like an animal more like a uh, say towards more like a, a, a wolf with like fangs and then like smaller sharp teeth around them. How about age? But yeah, it's like... Um, oh, sorry, go ahead. Age. Uh, if they're bitten, they can be any age, whatever they are, but if they... My vampires are more like, they're more alive. They don't, they don't die, do you know, like say... Um, interview the vampire where they die and then they come back. They my vampires just turn into vampires. But if they, they can reproduce like normal, like a human. So they, if they're born, 
the age five times faster. So a one-year-old, ba- one-year-old baby vampire looked like a five-year-old human child. And by the time they get up to the age of 25, they kind of stop at that age. And then that's just the age to stay at. Not, so they, they just mature kind of like an animal, just like straight to maturity. Yeah, they, yeah. yeah. they grow a lot faster, like a, like a, like say, um, I won't say like a dog because dogs grow up really quick, don't they? But like say like a, a chimp, maybe, like chimpanzees yeah. where they get to about 10 years old and they fully mature by that age. This is another thing on the, uh, the sort of sliding scale of vampire things. Um, how in control they are of sort of like their bloodlust and whether you even become a vampire. Cause I do remember we were talking about the two thousands and there was that, that, that moment in like the mid two thousands where everything started, started to like merge into the, the, the zombie apocalypse genre that started to become the head. And then you started having a ton of z- zombie vampires. They're like, these are the ghouls, but like, it'd just be like one vampire bites a ghoul. And then the ghoul will cause like a, a 500 ghoul outbreak and I'm like this is zombies with vampire teeth which I'm not a I'm uh, always a huge fan of but it's not the worst thing yeah no yeah I don't know um, in my stories it's um, it's uh, the if you burn by a normal like a human like, like a, a maid vampire or a barn vampire um, it's uh, you have to you have to then drink their blood as well, like like Dracula, uh, but if you're bitten by one of the one of the vampires, which has been made by Lord Rusar, like the lead vampire, if he they can then turn a person into a vampire with one bite, just because they're more connected to the original source. Mm-hmm. Is that a bit like um, what's it called? The Stephen King one, Salem's Lot. Salem's Lot, hell yeah. Great, because yeah, he's like one lead story. vampire. Now. Yeah, Stephen King kind of picked up vampires and then set them down permanently. You think for like forty years, and then he's like, "Fucking shit, I'm gonna bring these guys back for Dark Tower." Yeah, <laughs> so I guess there's been vampires the whole time, but also Pennywise. <laughs> that man's got a yeah. a mixed bag of a multiverse. But oh, um, oh yeah. So what? what you know, like a vampire dude. When a vampire, he's around for a long time. Okay. How do you yeah. how do you beat the boredom? Is it just like, you know, like really after a certain point, just eating people becomes like your nine to five. You got to do it. You wake up every night. You go out. You kill a guy. You go back to bed. Like what 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 else is there? What 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 sort of drives the uh, the vampire spirit? Uh, this in this some of them who, who some of them who are. Uh, they start their own businesses. They're putting money into banks. They're investing. Uh, you know, like um, making out that the same, the different people, the same family throughout time and stuff like that, and uh, investing in different things, different companies that are getting, like you say, like your Googles and stuff like that, and Amazon. There were people who've got a lot of money invested in things like that, and it's um, one of them is a. Uh, He's invested in like cybernetics and medicine, and he's uh, he's trying to make vampires able to live in sunlight. So <clears throat> he's doing a lot of experimentation on things, and he's like cybernetics and implants and stuff. 
So, but there's some, there's some like that, and then they've got like a biker gang who are just like, just going out having fun, just enjoying being. Uh, I wouldn't say they like the Lost Boys; they're more like uh, the Sons of Anarchy, kind of. Yeah, they're just like a they're just like a biker gang who just who will live forever, and they're having fun while they're doing it. That sounds pretty fucking great, actually. <laughs> and there's another thing. There's another thing in the, the modern vampire mythos, you know, uh, vampires that do drugs. You go back in the yeah. day, vampires were just like, I can't eat anything. If I want to taste a little bit of wine, I've got to put like half a thing of blood in it. And then Blade, wonderful, uh, you know, sociological keystone cornerstone of, of creativity that it is. They invented blood cocaine, which is the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen in a movie ever. Um, but yo, do should, should, should you, uh, when, when you're writing vampires or when anyone's writing vampires, you like a vampire story where the vampires are like, uh, doing drugs involved in the, the vampire underworld, you know, you've got like, um, V, in the True Blood series, obviously I mentioned the blood cocaine uh, thing. You know, do you mess around with that sort of stuff, or, or, or what do you think of that? Um, to tell you the truth, I've not really written anything like that into it. They've, they can't they can't drink wine and stuff, so it's if they I don't know. I don't think I've really written anything like that into it. You know, like if someone's drunk and they drink their blood to get drunk, I'm not. Put that in, but there's. I've got a group. Uh, this one at Vampires runs a club where they've got like a, a menu of different bloods, and they've got the people and the, the actual different uh, names, uh, different names of different people who give the blood willingly. Um, but I've not really thought about drugs to tell you the truth. I mean, I'm not for that in. No, you, yeah, you're gonna have to give me a credit for that one now. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's the old, uh, that's another one of the classic vampire standbys, you know, is it, um, are, are we going to, uh, how, how are we going to like divvy up the blood? You know, obviously I think all of them agree, no dead bodies, you know, you can't drink any yeah. dead blood. How bad that is for you seems to change thing in, thing out, you know, but, yeah. uh, then if you go really back far, it's like virgins, only virgin ladies, maybe virgin dudes as you get a little bit more to that 90s uh, swag. You know, we start getting some Anne Rice in there and boys biting boys. But uh, then after, you know, after a little while, you start breaking it down like, OK, I, I'm only drinking AB positive. Like I'm an O negative uh, immortal soul. You know, or, or, you know, so how, how do, how do your vampires or how do you think vampires should approach, um, eating, so to say, if, if they want to be snobby or, or, uh, you know, be a little picky? Um, they, they, some of like the more higher, higher end vampires don't drink from anyone. They only drink from certain people. Uh, but I've not really read anything in the way it's like a certain blood type or, a, or anything like that. But they're more like, um, they have to be people who be clean and stuff. They, they won't just pick on people who are on the street and stuff. 
like homeless people or anything like that, or any people who are um, addicted to drugs or anything. They have to be like, um, what would you call it? Like, um, like prime. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, so you'd be great AB, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> certified, <laughs> drug free, and uh, we also found this guy's got property tax assessment, so you know he's <laughs> he's doing good, works out a little bit. You know that is kind of like uh, that is like when they um, you buy one of those high end wagyu steaks or whatever. I've never done it, but I've seen it done on TV shows, and they come yeah. out, they bring you like this uh, this cow's life story. And he was born in the, you know the Fuji Highlands massaged three times a day. He only drank water from two artisan wells, artesian wells, not artisan wells. <laughs> I'd be mad. But, um, you know, uh, on to like fighting vampires, even obviously your, your whole thing is, um, anti-vampire action, you know, uh, yeah. how, how do you fight vampires in this one? Are you a, are you a stake to the heart guy? Are you a wood bullets? Through the heart is fine garlic. Where where does it fall on the scale? Uh, like silver is one of the things. Like all the bullets are silver, and the blades are um, like silver plated. Mm-hmm. Oh, so it's like because it, it's um, it's like supposed to be a pure um, element into it, isn't it? So it's like if they shoot with bullets, they consume anyway, really, as long as it. Mostly towards like the chest or the head, and if they decapitate them with the silver blade or whatever kind of weapon, that'll um, that'll kill the vampire as well. And they burn up, you know, uh, like most vampires, they'll burn up into ash. Yeah. Um, but these uh, certain, like, so if they, if they take their arm, like. Chop an arm or a leg off, that'll grow back eventually. But it's, uh, okay, it's, uh, if they get like one of them, one of my vampires gets a shotgun put in his mouth and pull the trigger and it just destroys his head, destroys his head. And that's, um, that's a kill. You know what I mean? He's completely gone after that. He's not coming back because he can't come back from no head. Yeah. Then that's always been a thing too. Um, you know what yeah. really counts? I remember an ancient uh, Adult Swim skit. Um, I don't know if you if you know a robot chicken, but yeah. um, it just shows this guy fighting a vampire and he shoots it into pieces with a minigun, uh, burns it in a fern the the pieces in a furnace, and then like snorts the ashes and like takes his shit and all, the whole thing. And then it's actually, he was playing a role-playing game with his friend the whole time. And the guy says, no, the rules say only a silver bullet. And he's like, come the fuck on. Like at what point? <laughs> and hey, I've always, I, I always appreciate that, especially when it comes to beheading because, yeah. you know, um, beheading is specifically, you know, severing through like the neck and all that sort of stuff um, as yeah. like a, a definitional thing. But like, what really I is killing the like, vampire um, in this case? Is it the removing of the brain? So, like, in that case, like, if you dropped an anvil on their head, Looney Tune style, and just knocked their brain into a pulp into their chest, do you get to come back from that? You know? Like, uh, it's, 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 where, where, where do you draw the line sometimes? And what am I... Oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> sorry, so... Uh, like, if you destroy the head, it's like... 
depends on what you the head you destroy, but they've got to um depends how strong the vampires as well, because as the as they go on, the vampirism gets weaker and weaker. So if it's like one of the one of the top vampires if they get their head like like you say smashed with an anvil as long as the head's mostly in one place they will reform they will regrow but if it's um, it's like if you just destroy something like destroy the heart completely destroy the head completely that's it they're dead absolutely they, yeah and um, so yeah like that's uh that that's a thing um also uv light i know i like that you know i guess because people get sunburnt by uv rays and it's basically the only ray that's not present in natural you know unnatural like phosphorus phosphorescent lighting whatever the hell the lighting in your house um in modern cities people say you know the uv light that will burn a vampire are you uh are you a uv light guy or do vampires not fear tanning beds in your in your universe? No, they don't fear. Um, they've got no fear of like tanning beds or UV light. It's uh, it has to be direct sunlight. Yeah, I appreciate you know? that too. I always kind of yeah. thought the UV light was a little bullshit. I appreciate it in like some video games and stuff. You know, like uh, Dying Light. It's kind of okay because those things yeah. are like actually UV sensitive. But I feel like for a yeah. vampire, it is supposed, like, the whole ass sun. It's, like, literally just a star that we're way too fucking close to just obliterating yeah. you. I, I like that better. But because <laughs> also, it, it, the, the UV light is never that cool. It's always the, like, ding, they always got to hit it. it, it you, whenever you turn on a UV light in a vampire movie, it's going to make the bug zapper noise. You know? Yeah. Ding, ding, <laughs> and they start smoking and shit, which is yeah. fine. You know, it is what it is. And then you always, you get the little burnt face makeup kind of thing, which is fine. But I would rather you just do that with like flamethrower or some shit. That's, that's the good stuff. But I really like (laughs) fucking out there in the sunlight, just full on vampire detonation. Like when one of them puts their hands like half into the sun and it goes like, and you like, you get a little bit of smoke. No, I want it like an eraser fucking just absolutely chopped off. But that's only mine. How is that? How how hard? That's another vampire sliding scale. How hard is the uh, sunlight allergy um, in your universe? It's um, most like one of the vampires, one of the the Vincent, who's one of the main characters, who is one of the brothers who's a vampire. He can survive in sunlight for about two minutes, but he does start smoking. Whereas most vampires, if they're in it, if they get in sunlight, they burst into flames. They start burning, and there is there is one bit with um, UV, but it's like intense UV. It's like big UV bulbs. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like there's not no other light, but the UV lights, and that does burn them. But it's like it's got to be very intense. Yeah, it's high like, level. Yeah, trying you know, to like simulate the sun. You know. Yeah, yeah. Now, I appreciate that. No pulling a fucking. Uh, you know, one of those little ID checking lights they have outside of a club, a bouncer gets yeah. you with. Like, okay, yeah. <laughs> you, you shine that in a dude's face and he start, he catches on fire. Like, oh man, 2,000 years, but shit. <laughs> Don't check my ID, bro. Uh, that'd, be, that'd be hilarious. That'd actually be a funny thing now that I think about it. If you're, if you're going back in time and you can make a Blade movie, this is, yeah. I don't know how they didn't think of this, but 
when they have you build people checking your IDs, if you're trying to get into the vampire club, instead of checking your ID, they just shine the little UV light and it goes and smokes you. And they're like, okay, you're in that. How the fuck? I just came up with that. How did no one else think of that? That just makes so much sense. <laughs> Especially when you're all those old blade movies, like half of every movie takes place in like five different nightclubs because they yeah. did the one thing with the, uh, with the, uh, the the fire suppression system shooting out blood during the and there everyone's like okay that's the coolest thing that's ever going to happen in a vampire movie ever again we've decided every single blade movie has to try to do that again <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah what yeah, is the uh, oh sorry go ahead sorry no sorry what are you going to say i was going to say uh, what is the nightlife scene in uh in, in your in your world um these a group the, the group of biker vampires they catch their victims they go into clubs and one of them can um uh you know like glamour so he can he can uh, make people believe that he is um whatever he's, they'll believe whatever he says and he tells them that they're a part of a rock band so the people go back with him thinking they're gonna have like this great night and they all end up uh captured and eaten um and one of there's a vampire called uh, Gilad, who's one of the original vampires. And she owns a nightclub. Um, I can't remember what it's called now. Something like the Bone Pit or the Bone Yard, I can't remember. And it's, uh, oh, the fight, I can't remember. Some. I've not read my book for a while. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all right, it's, it's all right. Uh, it's, um, there's a lot of vampires in that. Um, these these vampires who go clubbing but then they've got like back rooms where they can the vampires can go in there but the humans mill around with the vampires because they don't know the humans don't know that the vampires are in there they just think it's like a rock club hell yeah it's like this is what I got it from my idea for the club was I went to um, there's a club in Went to Canada years ago, and there's a place called uh, in Toronto, and there's a club called I think it was the Velvet Underground, and they had all like all the doors were black, but now like, the where they have they keep the drinks and stuff like the bottled drinks with upside down crosses on, and it was like really, it looked really cool, but it was a little bit not cliche, but like in a in a cool way, if you know. What yeah, I mean. yeah, that's it's like, where yeah, I what, 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 yeah. what year was that? Was that was that two thousands? Ooh, what was that? That's two thousand and five. Yeah, see, yeah, like I feel like that's that that was that era with the cool themed clubs. You saw them in the movies, yeah. Yeah. and even if you go back to the nineteen nineties, you, you had some like cool thematic clubs. I don't know what changed, but even in America, that shit's fucking over now. All the clubs that you yeah. get best. The, the the theme of the club is what if this club was in the 1990s, but it wasn't one of the cool 1990s clubs. It was just what this, but fucking with like uh, that old drink pattern, you know, the, the, the maroon and green teal stripes on shit. Yeah. We're going to put a stack <laughs> of TVs in the corner and play Family Matters. That's, that's, fuck, that's what you get for fucking ambiance. <laughs> I know I might not be cool anymore. There's a very strict possibility there are dope as fuck clubs. I'm just fucking not going to them because I'm in my 30s. Uh, I've not been to a club for, for a while. There used, to be one, there used to be a big one in Manchester called um, 
Jilly's uh, Jilly's Rock World, and it was like about five or six different rooms, all different types of metal, and mm-hmm. that was in the, that was in the early two thousands. Um, yeah, early mid two thousands, and that was really really cool. But it was like there was a lot of vampire gothy type people going in there, and then um, that shut down and got turned into a Tesco, which is a supermarket. <laughs> <laughs> It's a, it's a bit uh makes me sad every, every time I walk past it thinking what it used to be and it's like a supermarket now. That's fucking rough. Um, <laughs> it's kind of, a, it's kind of the opposite one. where I live. Um, yeah. It's just, I live in the Midwest, basically. Uh, Appalachia, Midwest area of America, which if you don't know that much about it, um, is like the economic downturn central, centrist area, you know? So all yeah. of the old stuff, they don't, they're not building any new shit. So things like grocery stores, churches, factory, all this shit is going under or has been abandoned for so long that it's super cheap and people are putting clubs in there now. Uh, yeah. One of my, one of the nicest Mexican restaurants in our city is actually uh, Noche is in a old church that they, they refitted and it's, it's all super nice now. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Bolton. Is, Bolton's kind of the same. It's um, it was an old um, uh, coal uh, coal mining town and cotton mill. Cotton mill. They used to bring all the cotton over on the ships from America and bring it to Britain and to Bolton specifically because it rained so much. It kept the the cotton moist, so it's all old old buildings, you know. Yeah, I mean uh, cotton and coal. Old. That's like the two most eighteen hundreds industries. You can yeah. you can mention <laughs> it's, it's that and then like uh, what, uh, maybe a fish a fish cannery and like a, a stamping <laughs> press and you don't even know what they make it's just full of children's flattened arms. <laughs> That's basically what it was like years ago around here. Um, it was there was uh, people inventing cotton mills or cotton one of cotton gin one of the. Uh, yeah, do you know, like, yeah, like a spinning Jenny. Yeah. One of the blokes who uh, was like one of the uh, counselors where a lot of people, places are named after around here, invented, um, like, a, I think he invented like a spinning Jenny or something, they call it something like that. And it's for milling the cotton into, um, into weave, you know, into. Um, oh, yeah, I got you. I got you. Into material. Yeah. Mm-hmm. it's like it's it's had its glory days a long time ago and it's it's on the downturn and it used to be people used to come here shopping because it used to have a really good shopping centre and even that's going to going to shit now yeah everything's kind of shrinking up you know it's moving and shifting yeah. and it's real weird yeah it is Dude. In my neighborhood, there's the most haunted fucking building you'll ever see. Um, and I can see it from everywhere that I walk. It's a 14-story uh, abandoned warehouse. Huge. Literally 14 yeah. stories. And it was an ice warehouse. So, like, yeah. it's super thick. Like, you can tell that the building is, like, heavy duty. And I think it's actually too big to knock down. But it's completely abandoned. And it's just yeah. looming up there like a, like a literal gigantic tombstone to industry in the middle of the city. Yeah. Fucking massive. <laughs> They're trying to turn it yeah. into a, a thing, 
Like they're yeah. gonna put, they're like, we're gonna put condos and lofts in there. I'm like, I don't, fourteen story ice building condo. <laughs> where the walls are <laughs> the walls are ten feet thick, and there's like uh, like missing uh, old forgotten holes down to multiple other stories. Uh, that place is gonna turn into one of those uh, um, motels where you check in and you don't check out. <laughs> That's what I think. Yeah. Oh, yes. It's, it's like that. We've got um, it's an old building. I don't know what it is in the town centre. And there's all like old abandoned buildings around and it's like they're trying to build things in there like these foundries being built in them and uh, this one, it was a club and then it was a club for something else. And then it was like this, um, there's a pub who uh, tried to expand into having a nightclub and that was in there for a while for about two or three weeks and then it's just kind of been abandoned again. Mm-hmm. And they're knocking everything down as well, rebuilding everything. But they've they keep surrounding buildings in like boards and stuff, knocking them down, and they're not doing it. So the land's just sat there. Yeah, <laughs> it's a real weird little old town. No, yeah, yeah. That's uh, where a lot of my stuff is set is in West Virginia, and it's the same sort yeah. of thing. Um, to yeah. the point where they were like, "Can you guys stop fucking knocking the buildings down?" <laughs> because. Uh, <laughs> Uh, our downtown Charleston, West Virginia, specifically, uh, where my wife is from, down yeah. in the middle of a little valley kind of thing, you know, real tight, small town. It's the capital city of West Virginia. And yeah. it is, uh, th- there's a gigantic spot of the city where it's just all fucking flat and it's parking lots for fucking stores and businesses that don't exist because they knock down the buildings and they're like, oh, well, at least we'll have parking. We can charge for parking. Like, well, there's nothing to visit. <laughs> the, the the department store is already empty you knock down the other 10 buildings and you we got homeless people everywhere and you knock down the one building where we could have just stuck them they were in there they were fine now they're just now they're just wet when it rains what the fuck was the point of that uh, but yeah yeah that's we are. It's the, the 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 last remnants of the like eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds. They are sort of just kind of getting scrapped and and you know knocked down. It's a little flattened a little bit. Yeah, it's strange, isn't it? It's like it's the similar sort of thinking where we are as where as you are. They want to do stuff with the land, but they don't seem to have any idea what to do, or they don't have the money to do anything. But they want to knock the building down to make the land available. But then they just leave it. It, it just sounds. It, it sounds like yeah. a thing, yeah. From like, a, like a comedy sketch, and they're like, "Well, it's it's really good land. It's great real estate. Great real estate. What are you going to do with it? I'm not sure, but it's great real estate. You know, it's great real estate. <laughs> <laughs> you just keep talking to each other. Everything laying flat around them. Just let the a field grow back and just return it to nature. Maybe, maybe <laughs> it's actually, maybe it's actually uh, an ancient vampire." you know, out there. And he's just like, all right, what we're going to do now is we're going to shrink shit back because I liked, I really liked 1482. That was all the people we needed. We fucked up too many people shrink it back. <laughs> he's, he's, he just wanted plasma screen TVs. Now that we have that technology, bring it back in, knock down all those buildings. I want that field. I remember that field from 1423. I banged around in that. That shit was awesome. Bring that field back. <laughs> so, um, 
I think we are going to uh, get into the area of wrapping this up a little bit. So um, I, tell me just a little bit about, uh, you know, projects that you're working on, stuff that you, you've you been doing. Do you have anything coming up soon? Yeah, I've got the the second book. Um, it will be Beast of Immortality, um, Arm to the Teeth is my working title. That's what I'm thinking of calling it. Is It's a direct follow-on from this book. Um, moves into uh, it's like a series of like of what's going to happen uh, like the uh, the Alex one of the main characters from the first book is trying to make his way through the vampires trying to get to Rusa um, with uh, different degrees of success and failure um, and then I'm working on that at the moment I'm doing like the final edits going through it and making sure everything's okay. Um, so that should be out maybe towards the end of the year or next year. And then there's a third book, which is actually a prequel, which is about where Rusar came from, how he, be, how he became the vampire that he is. Um, and then I've got, I've got a book of, like an anthology of, um, I think it's 11 short stories, which are about, a bit of everything, really. Vampires, werewolves, um, angels, like fallen angels, ghosts. A bit of everything in supernatural. Um, and I've got... So that... If I get that side out, that could be out sometime in the next year or two. Um, just getting time to edit it. And I've got an ideas for... I've got an idea for a zombie thing, but I don't know. It's not quite working at the minute. So... I am trying to work on that, and then I've got I've got a character who is a he's like a, a bounty hunter, but for the strange and unusual. Um, not necessarily like werewolves and vampires, but like he investigates strange phenomena nice. of all sorts. Um, and I've got an idea for a story about him with hunting down uh, another character that I've already written. Um, but I've not, it's an idea, it's not, it's not coming to fruition yet. It's not coming to anything of, it's, it's all still in my head at the minute. In my head, sorry. Um, but it's, I write really slow. So I've got all these ideas, but I'm working constantly on something, but I've never really, I just need the time to sit down and write, which is strange because in when we in the pandemic, I had loads of time and I got loads of stuff done, and now I'm back working. I can't work on anything. Hey, that's <laughs> it's the that's the great uh, that's the great limiter. You know what I mean? It happens. So everybody, yeah. yet again, this has been Paul J Kearns. Paul, where can we find your work? Where can we find you on the internet? I am on uh, Instagram quite a lot. Where I am. Uh, Paul J. Kearns Arthur, all is one word. I'm on uh, Facebook. If you type in uh, Paul J. Kearns Arthur, you should find me on there. Uh, I'm on Twitter, but I don't really go on Twitter. I don't, and I think I missed the bus with Twitter because um, I can go on it, but I don't really know. I never know what to put on there. And I'm on TikTok sporadically. Just like little bits and pieces. Um, and if you're looking for books, 
if you go on uh, Amazon and type in uh, just my name, Paul J. Kearns, it'll come up with it'll come up with my book, but it'll come up with other books which have other people called Paul Kearns, but I'm the one who's writing the horror fiction, not the uh, scientific stuff and the um, architectural stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think I saw one of the, one of the other Paul Kearns is like a quantum physicist. Yeah. <laughs> you you kind of got your, uh, you got your Googling uh, set up against you for that. <laughs> it's, it's a bit uh, demoralizing when you go on Amazon and things like that and type in your own name and it comes far more intelligent. And you're like, oh, well. <laughs> the namesake's right. a lot more intelligent than I am, but um, I've got on my Instagram as well. If you go on there, it's got a link tree. Oh, don't worry. We'll we'll throw a, we'll throw a link down yeah. there in the thing. So yeah. Uh, yet again, everybody, this was Paul J. Kearns, author of S O V E U and the Hunted and Other Twisted Tales. Thanks again for coming on and and, and sitting here and talking to us, Paul. Thank you very much, Tyler. Well, everybody, thank you very much. That was the interview, and I hope you all enjoyed it. Go ahead and check out Paul's stuff again. That's Special Operations Vampire Elimination Unit, Beasts of Immortality, and The Hunted and Other Twisted Tales. Um, and, you know, if you end up enjoying them, if you have a good time, uh, let him know. Throw him a review. And speaking of reviews, go ahead and throw us one on the iTunes. If you like this, if you like the fiction episodes, pop in, pop by, hit us with that five star, give us a like, give us a shout out, give us a holler, and tell us how much you fucking enjoyed this shit. I bet, I bet you loved it to death. <laughs> um, if you really also, if you enjoy the author series, especially, let me know. Um, obviously, we're, spar- we're starting with some small names. And uh, we will continue with um, small names, but hopefully I'm going to try to get some bigger ones in here um, just to kind of mix things up. But I, I, I want to keep this as a permanent space, I guess. It's just a statement of purpose uh, to kind of just uh, shine a light on random small authors that I come across. Paul was great. This was a blast. And um, I look forward to new episodes of the West Side Fairy Tales coming up very soon, as well as uh, new and interesting horror and lit club interview series episodes and regular horror and lit club series episodes. Um, you know, uh, that this is, this is what the feed is, man. Um, I'm starting to get into, I kind of like this. It's a good vibe. I know it's a lot different than when a lot of you guys started, but you know, um, you kind of grow and you change or you wither. And I was getting a little bit burned out, a little bit tired of the old formats. And I like this change up. I like talking to other people too, because oh God, it, it takes a lot of the weight off my shoulders and I end up not re-recording a lot of things when I'm actually having a conversation with somebody. It's much, God, it's much easier. But if you like what we're doing here and you want to continue supporting the podcast, hit us up on Patreon, patreon.com slash Westside Fairy Tales. Um, yeah, <laughs> I completely lost my train of thought. Um, and, and, and find me on social media at WS Fairy Tales on YouTube or on, on, on Twitter, Westside Fairy Tales on YouTube and uh, various. Uh, just search Westside Fairy Tales and find the platform that's comfortable for you. And, uh, and, and say hi, hit me up and, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll all we'll get together and we'll make more of these things. And uh, thank you, as always, to my patrons, patrons over on Patreon. And uh, everybody else that's out there listening in podcast land. Much love. 
Look forward to the new episodes coming up. And until next time, as always, stay safe out there.